Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I saw a new TikTok. Let's hear it. Spell fat. Okay. Spell fat. You're asking me to spell fat? Spell fat. I feel like this is a trick. <laughs> spell fat. F-A-T. Okay. Spell her. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to like what's coming. H-E-R. Okay. Uh-huh. Put them together. Yeah. And say it. Father. Dang it! <laughs> You know, I made, I made my bones as a proofreader, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Did it get you? Yeah, of course. That's okay. why I was passing it along like uh, like it follows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get that. You have to, you're going to have to get that on someone else. Oh, man. Mark, would that have worked on you? Welcome back, producer Mark. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Might have worked on Archie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to say fat her. Right. And then I say, ha ha ha, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Damn it. Great. Well, welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This was a podcast about comedy, cannabis, <laughs> cooking, culture, calling shit out, and uh, wordplay. And evidently. wordplay. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, Mike? Really good. Um, dang. Man. I'm Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're spiraling. We're spiraling. <laughs> I just really, yeah. You threw me for a loop. I knew there was a high percentage chance it wouldn't work on you, but I still really thought I might be able to get you. I'm so proud that it didn't. Just before we started recording, we were chatting about how competitive you are and how you feel the need to like excel at things that like I've been, I've either made fun of you for or that I feel like I'm good at and then you like dominate me. So I'm glad that in this case, like you weren't able to get one over on me. Yeah. Like backgammon, for instance. Yeah. Is what I'm talking about, just so everyone's clear. It's not nefarious. No, no, no. But you were <laughs> whooping me at back. You taught me how to play backgammon. Yeah. And then you started whooping me at backgammon. I'm very good at backgammon. And so I downloaded an app and watched YouTube tutorials on moves. Yeah. And studied. <laughs> and then you handed me my ass yeah. and I was like, well, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> it was fun for me all of a sudden. No, I don't play backgammon with you anymore, though. I know, because now I'll kill you. Yeah, because you, you won every fucking time. And I was like, oh, well, see... It's only fun when you like can pass it back and forth. I did just see a very funny tweet where someone said, has anyone told tennis players that if they hit the ball less hard, they could go back and forth for longer and have a better time? <laughs> it is true. Like, yeah. like every know? single point is a war, Yo. is a tiny war in tennis. It's, it's, yeah. it's um like every single point is like failure or victory. It's pretty wild. I've been watching a lot of like TikTok and Instagram little snippets of tennis and how fucking amazing like it kind of fell off i used to watch tennis as a kid i was like a massive fan of tennis and i played a little bit was never any good at it but loved to watch it and then just haven't for a really long time and it's so exciting again all of a sudden i guess because coco goff and like all these incredible players are just really yeah it's interesting so cool to think to of how like in a lot of ways the women's tennis is carrying the sport now and it might be the only sport i can think of where the women are carrying it did you see the viewer numbers no like it was like 3.7 million watched the um u.s open finals with coco goff and i think 2.3 or something watched the men's interesting that's yeah. great fantastic yeah, it's kind of exciting yeah also before we get into plug shout out to uh megan rapino yeah friend of the pod guest Go. on the pod who uh, is officially retiring and was just posting on her IG like one last round. She's hitting the field one last time. So looking so good. Yeah. Fantastic. As always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple plugs up top. Mm -hmm. um, if you have voted for us, thank you for voting for us. If you haven't voted for us yet, go to uh, the link in our description, the link in our Instagram, go to the MJs and vote for us for podcast of the year. International Cannabis Awards, red carpet event in Las Vegas. We want to stroll that red carpet and then get on stage and, hold that trophy aloft like we just won the u.s open exactly yeah and then i'll be like and fuck all the other pods <laughs> fuck you burt kreischer <laughs> fuck you burt kreischer <laughs> no we're nominated with some great podcasts it's really exciting to uh be outstanding in the field 
And uh, yeah, but I'd love to win. You know, the cool thing about winning that would be that we could just get more ears on the pod and then we could get more sponsors and then we could, you know, make more podcasts and, you know, just help its currency or it its currency. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Plug number two. Uh, speaking of uh, shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, oh Segway King. Segway King. Segway King. He's back, through. baby. Let me turn Mark, the hat around. You missed it last week. Uh, we anointed Mike Segway King because his segues were <laughs> wild. Speaking of shows. Yeah. Speaking of shows. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Coming through. Um, we have a Weed and Grub live at the Moxie Hotel, September 28th. Doors are at 7. Show is at 7.30. Um, Jesus Trejo is doing stand-up. Caitlin Gill is a space expert who's bringing an amazing telescope. Um, Tiffany Gabris will be you. doing stoned flower arranging and Sliz Tunes is going to be doing flash tattoos of the beautiful art, the baked potato that she designed for the DIY baked potato bar that has, oh my God, you put it up on the screen. If you're watching our YouTube, you can see this fantastic art. So she's also going to be doing tattoos of this artwork. I'm so fucking excited. I think I want to get a sour cream tattoo on my arm. Oh yeah? Yeah. Because you're a cream boy. Because I'm a cream boy. That's right. Yeah. So was Bobo. Shout out to Bobo. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to sour cream. I've been mixing it with Gochujang from Trader Joe's and um, that's been my dip. I've been putting popcorn in it. It's delicious. Popcorn with sour cream and Gochujang? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say about that. I just, it's just a heavy sigh and I'm moving on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, wait, on. I want to get a salt tattoo. What do you think about a salt tat? Absolutely. The, the salt teller that she has? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, on my left shoulder. Um, Is that the shoulder that you throw salt over for stition? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah, because the devil's on your left shoulder, right? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's, ooh, hell yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I think it'd be pretty neat. So this, uh, yeah, but if you don't have tickets, it's going to be hard for you to get in because it's sold out, baby. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for selling out our live show. That's so rad. <laughs> at the Moxie. Um, and there will be limited tickets available at the door if you are in town and you can come through. Um, show on up. We'll squeeze you in. We'll squeeze you in. Yeah. But you should have gotten tickets in advance. That's right, because they're free. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor. Yeah. Which is right, if I did it right. Oh. Up there. Hey, now. The other side. The other side. Indoor LA. flower. Beautiful uh, local brand. They're going to be providing giveaways for the audience. I'm so fucking excited. We will not be smoking in the space. We will be smoking outside before and after the show. <laughs> As per regulations that Mike really wants to break. I do. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is allowed to smoke on stage because the loophole is that if it's a theatrical experience, mm -hmm. then that is part of the theater. That's not true. Speaking as someone who did theater for many fucking years, you're not allowed to smoke on stage ever. I don't know who's trying to sell that bill of goods. It's so true, though. You can't smoke on stage. You can smoke on stage. No, you can't. Dave Chappelle does it. Not <laughs> okay. I'm not going to argue this. I just it's Ron it's, White does it. Yeah, it's so like when I was doing shows, especially in like fringe festivals and stuff. Like even to light a candle on stage, you have to have a million dollars worth of insurance. Because of just all of the regulations and, you know, fire hazards and stuff. You know, people get real mad about it. Funny so. you mentioned that because we just got insurance for this show. That's right. We did. So maybe we can... Fucking owned me, Mike. <laughs> That's right. I did just submit a certificate of insurance for a million dollars. So we can smoke inside. <laughs> We're going to hotbox the Moxie Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> don't listen to him. We're not going to smoke inside. We are. We can eat edibles inside with our uh, baked potatoes. Truth. Truth. Um, oh yeah, free baked potato. Okay, I gotta move on. Other side, this is, whole episode can't be plugged. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Come more. through. Um, uh, come to my show, September thirtieth, Hollywood Improv, Bangers Only, Billy Wayne Davis, Audrey Stewart, Joe Stoltz from Alaska, Jay Washington, Alan Strickland Williams, Logan Gunselman, Bangers Only, Hollywood Improv Lab. You and sound then, like the end of a pharmaceutical ad on TV. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you were good at that. Thank you. Nice work. Um, and then I'm also doing with Billy Wayne Davis and friends of the show, uh, Great Moments in Weed History, and last podcast on the left, we are going up to Redway, California. California to stop a bill that is going to destroy small farms. Mm. And we are raising a ton of money for small farms and farmers um, doing stand up. And I cannot wait. So follow at Grow Local Podcast. And if you know anyone near Redway, please come through. Um, all the money is going to farmers who deserve it That's and fuck cool. the government. Uh, and then lastly, I'll do this plug and I'll slow it down a little. 
<laughs> because I'm very I proud of this. I had a Red Bull, man. I'm fucking <laughs> I know. Cruising. I'm drinking this nitro coffee. Um, God, that's a lot of my face up on that screen. Okay. I have a My Sandwich, My Choice show October 5th in Venice at Little Lunch, which is an amazing cafe that's an event space. We're going to be making sandwiches. We've got a DJ spinning. We've got some comedians lined up. There's going to be an appearance by the Beaver. There's going to be money going towards reproductive rights organizations, and it's going to be a good time with good vibes. Laura Ann's Jams is providing jam to make. Uh, we've got two sandwiches, and when you RSVP, you get to choose one of the two sandwiches. Almond butter with strawberry Syrah jam from Laura Ann's Jams, Ooh. caramelized bananas on challah, Ooh. or Nancy Silverton-inspired classic grilled cheese with marinated onions and whole grain mustard. We will be putting these sandwiches out thanks to Michael Walker from Comfy Pup. He's going to be on hand helping me um, grind out the Sammies for the masses. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a good time. A holla PB&J uh, is yeah. one of my all-time faves. With caramelized onions, just for that little... And um, yeah, and then Paradise Club is providing uh, infused treats. And uh, we've also got St. Hildes, which is a um, hard seltzer. Yum. So... Damn. Come through, eat, drink, and, you know, fund abortion. That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny, too. Like, you you could make a um, reel of you pushing down. It's it's almond butter and Syrah jam, right? Strawberry Syrah jam. Strawberry Syrah jam. Mm-hmm. You could do a reproductive rights reel where you're pushing down on the bread and the strawberry Syrah jam is oozing out from the inside of the bread. And then you could say, my sandwich, my choice for the show. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a fun poster. I think it would, too. You know? It would really get all the people who love screaming at me that I'm a fucking baby killer yeah. on Instagram going. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're mad. You know, I think I need to cleanse my timeline of those guys. Those mm. are fucking, I, well, I, I, I'll get to it. I saw some stuff that I want to put on my timeline as a cleanse. Okay. Are we done with plugs though? No. Shit. Oh God, my Substack. Please sign up. It's the same. My Sandwich, My Choice. And that's a newsletter. It's coming out every week with recipes and news and lots of information about reproductive rights again, because that's what I'm on about lately. Yeah, that and how you got skewered. How I got dragged. You got dragged, yo. I really did. It was the first time that I made a sandwich video that got like truly like some people that who I like and agree with who were like, yo, you fucking missed with this one. You whiffed. And I was like, you know, I did. You I'm did. not I'm not afraid. <laughs> You're not allowed to say it. You're supposed to have my back no matter what. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I basically failed to contextualize the point I was making properly. So it just seemed like a failed argument. And um I fucking get it, you know? Yeah. You have to be careful with this kind of thing, especially when you're talking about like complicated and like hot button issues like mm-hmm. abortion in particular. And I addressed the video. I was like, this this one goes out to everyone who believes that abortion is murder. And then I just quoted a bunch of historical context for abortion through the ages. And everyone was like, well, you didn't prove that, you know, just because it's been happening forever doesn't mean that it's not murder. And um, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, we don't have to get into it here, but... Um, I definitely failed to contextualize it by saying, well, the reason I made the video was because a dude told me that there was no history of choice. Yeah. And it was really a response to that guy um, and not meant to prove anything other than that it has always existed and it will always exist. And criminalizing it doesn't do anything. You're allowed to miss that. Other than make it unsafe. And thank you. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like you've been making sandwiches for almost a year now. No, six months. Six months? You're allowed to miss. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like you came on stage and you were like, I'm actually Native American. Vote for me for president. Like, oh, you know, yeah, you're was... not lying. <laughs> you're, you're you're just like tried something and it just like missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And, you know, I love Elizabeth Warren. That was a big whiff on her Yo, part. Yo, come though. on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. So, well, yes, as far as the timeline cleanse goes for the people who were during dragging me in the comments goes i wanted to share this little video with you it made me think of the good time that you had in alaska when you went to that hamela anderson race oh the pig race at the alaskan state fair was one of the best experiences in my life Mm -hmm. hamela anderson won the first heat and then in the second heat um alan bohr won and so it came down to hamela and alan bohr adam bohr what is who is the who is that a play on words with i don't know i get the hamela anderson obviously I don't know. Alan Bohr. I don't know. I thought hmm. he was maybe some political figure or war leader or something. Alan Moore? Is Alan Moore someone, Mark? Okay. Alan. Well, Alan Moore is a comic graphic novelist. He's probably the best of all time. Oh. But he okay. did like Sandman and stuff. Oh, no, that's Neil Gaiman. Alan Moore did uh, Watchmen. 
So Okay, yeah. nice. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard you speak up on this podcast, Mark. <laughs> yeah, very passionate about his watching The Watchmen. Um, so in the final heat, Hamill Anderson and Alan Bohr are running. Hamill Anderson turned the corner and booked it down the straightaway so fast that her little top flew off. Her little, like, it had her number on it and everything. And everyone was like, oh, Hamill Anderson's top flew off. It was so sexy. And then she, and she won. And it was one of the most exciting things I've been a part of, just cheering for those pigs. Um, I loved it. I was like, I'm not into horse racing. I don't like dog racing. All no. of it feels like weird and cruel. And I've mm. just heard too many horror stories about horses hurting themselves mm -hmm. but a little pig race all day any day right yeah that's just for funsies yeah yeah and well then you do eat them probably i'm guessing hamela no yeah, no. no she was just a, a fun farm pig i think so okay yeah like i think this is how these people make their bones i think they go from like state fair to state fair racing the pigs racing the pigs <laughs> well these okay i saw a duck race um i have a little video of it if you don't mind swiping this was the kentucky derby that uh, I just went to when I was up in Washington and I put all my money on Snoop Duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great name. There was um, Feather Locklear, Quackbow, uh, 007 James Pond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at those guys. Yeah, there they go. And uh, Snoop Duck did not win, unfortunately. But oh, really? It was a really good time. Oh. Yeah. And um, yeah, just a great party. Thanks that for, for the party, Heather. That's awesome. Duck racing. Look at that man's suit. Yeah, they're very, it, they took it very seriously. Everyone was all gussied up and it was a really, it was a really nice time except for one guest, but everyone else was great. <laughs> it sounds quacktastic. Yes, it was quacktastic. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Um, I'm trying to think of more fun duck names. Um, there was Count Quackula. Oh, that's freaking great. Um, yeah, I can't remember any of the other ones. Um, I don't know. My brain's not working to think of funny um, duck names. Mallard, something <laughs> with mallard. Um, I don't know. I went. I used to know someone named Audrey Ballard. Okay, but it's only it only works if they're famous, right? Oh, I don't know. Is she cool? <laughs> She's great. All right, Audrey Mallard. <laughs> that's not bad. Moving on. Okay. Hey, I was just trying to play. You know, uh, Mallard. Hold on, I can come up with one. Okay. By the end of this episode, let's come up with a duck name for Mallard. Okay. Okay. Got it. Deal. Great. Uh, I would, uh, speaking of um, love. <laughs> well, Segway King, coming through. I really am going to get you a little cartoon made of you on a Segway with the ground. Oh, please. I'm going to I'm gonna find someone who will come up with this for us. That's awesome. Listeners, if anyone out there has the uh, inclination to draw Mike Glazer on a Segway with a crown and send it to us, we we will use it all the time to all the time. promote Mike's smooth ass transitions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just like, I'm, uh, if I'm going to be real, real for a moment, um, I, today we recorded this right after I did therapy. And we talked all about my super ego and mm. how hypercritical I am of myself. So I'm trying to have fun and be silly, but sometimes my silliness leads to me just actually like poking everyone around me to try and get a rise out of them. Mm. And so like me making fun of you or talking shit online um, or trying to be the Segway King, even though I know it annoys some people, is also like my way of trying to control the situation I'm learning. And uh and so it's, I'm in a real interesting place for this episode. Oh, Mark, shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> what <am> I, <laughs> Mark just wrote, what? No way. <laughs> Wait, I want to know, do you mind if I ask just a little bit about it? We don't need to like dive into it yeah, too deep. But I mean, I'm feeling it right now. So sure. Yeah. Can you tell me more about superego and just what you've learned about what that is? Um, okay. So I've learned that there's the ego and the superego and the id and the ego is like a inflation of self and a superego is supposed to balance that out with like the criticalness um and then it is like that playful silliness that like hangs both of them together like weights mm -hmm. and my superego I, I i've learned is huge and because i'm so hypercritical of myself and i've always thought that being an overachiever would um it I, i've always thought that if i'm an overachiever it'll fix everything in my life mm. instead of addressing the real issue, which is just that I'm like riddled with anxiety and never felt safe growing up. And so I was hoping that if I could um, 
be the best hockey goalie in the country, go to culinary school, get all A's and, you know, do, do all that stuff, then um, everything would work out. Mm -hmm. And when everything doesn't work out, the criticalness just builds and builds like Tetris. And um, there's no long piece that can clear all those tiles in one fell swoop. So ultimately what I have to do, according to Peter, shout out Peter, is realize that that voice in my head is a feeling, not a fact, and that hypercritical, anxious insanity is something I can be aware of, but also I can like call it out and be like, no, thank you, sir, and just like push it to the side. And so that's my new thing that I'm trying to do. Wow. Mike. Fuck. Yes. Yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, thank you for yeah. asking. It's like right at the tip top of my brain right now. So I'm happy to like kind of get it out, you know, because I didn't have time yeah. to journal um before we uh recorded so it's just kind of like sitting around i mean i'm i'm fucking amazed that you're here able to you know do anything because that that like just feels like a fundamental cool new realization to hold in your head yeah. you know well um, and also to be real real i think it's podcast appropriate weed has helped me with my super ego more than anything besides mm -hmm. therapy and meds but like kind of allowing a different headspace to be inside me because I'm high and I'm a little more happy and I'm a little more easy on myself. Mm -hmm. And I got to chalk that up to like a nice heavy hit. Right. And do you feel like that's also because like for me, what we really does is it holds me in the present moment. Yes. So I don't ruminate or forecast, you know, I'm not thinking about the past, which is like a lot of grief and the future, which is a lot of anxiety. I'm sort of, it holds me in the moment a little more. Yeah. So perfectly said that also helps me not be hard on myself and judge myself. So I just wonder if, yeah, that's your experience with it as well. Absolutely. It's hmm. that presentness. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's what's up, yo. Oh, fucking huge, Mike. That's awesome. Feels cool. That's very uh, fucking cool. It's also, you know, um, we'll see where it all goes. Yeah. But it's a good start. Yep. Massive. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so all of that is to circle back to poking <laughs> yeah. the bear. Okay. I'm trying to get ratioed on TikTok right now because the writer's strike is probably over. They're working on the language. There seems to be an agreement. Tentative deal. Tentative, tentative deal. Yes. And I just want to give a huge shout out to Netflix CEO David Zaslav for making it happen. He put in the work. He focused. Wow. He got everyone to come together and get rid of the strike. And I just want to say you deserve a raise, sir. Oh I am so happy. Oh, of Warner Brothers, not Netflix. Thank you, Mark. Um, I'm just so happy he could get it done. And we all owe you a huge debt of gratitude. And uh, if you could write yourself a little cool $100 million check for making it happen, I think you deserve it, sir. And um, I'm also looking forward to when we can sell pharmaceutical ads on Netflix. <laughs> I, think, I think a restless leg syndrome interrupting me watching WWE Raw and Peacock would really go a long way. Great. Um, I haven't seen one ad for guns, even though I have been watching action movies. It just makes sense. Let's get those ads in there. Get those gun ads popping. Let's poppin'. get those gun ads popping. <laughs> cool. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. The whole thing has just been so bewildering that they would... Let this strike carry on for, I think it was 146 days or something until they reached this tentative deal Yeah, based on 2% of the profits. That's what they were trying to hang on to. These fucking billionaire CEOs, nickel and diming, the hardworking, the journeymen writers. Like we're not talking about the people who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to write screenplays. Like these are people like you. Yeah. Who are fucking You get a job gig for like, yeah, two, three weeks, but it doesn't necessarily lead to the next one. Yeah. There's no guarantee. So many people who are like doing interviews about like the writer for the bear was really vocal about the fact that they hadn't been able to pay their fucking bills, even though they wrote the show that's arguably dominating everyone's fucking yeah, brains. Exactly. And I think the other part of it too, which is why I love people like David Zasloff and I'm a huge fan of him, <laughs> is that like he um he and all the other CEOs have raised all of the streaming prices for us. So Netflix used to be like five ninety nine or seven ninety nine and now it's like nine ninety nine and HBO or Max, excuse me, please don't hate me, please don't cancel me. I meant Max, um, <laughs> is uh you can buy ad or ad free uh -huh. subscriptions. Um so like they're making money from a million different ways. Yeah. Um, but none, the writers and actors aren't seeing a lick of it. Yeah. The same thing is happening to a TV that happened to music, right? Like when we were talking to David Crosby about his experience as a, you know, one of the world's most famous musicians, all of a sudden having his entire fucking income dwindle down to fucking nothing because of the streaming services. 
what's happening in Hollywood. Yeah, but I'm also guilty of only watching YouTube. Like, I am not supporting... I'm not supporting Hollywood the way that, like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I am an a- AMC A-lister. Um, I do go to three movies a week. Oh, my God, dude. But I'm also, like, not watching um, The Bear Season 2. I... You know what I'm saying? Like, I yes. watch nothing but YouTube. I watched... Last night, I uh, ate popcorn with sour cream and gochujang and watched men slap each other on YouTube for three hours. What? Like, I'm not supporting... Um, I'm not supporting the art that I'm a part of. What and, were you watching? Like, slap fights. <laughs> For three hours? Yeah. Well, because it was a tourney. It was a round robin tourney. Okay. Yeah, you're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. You I've, should definitely 100%. watch some other stuff. But, I mean, I feel you. I've been you know watching fucking House on Amazon Prime because I'm feeling nostalgic for a different time. That show does not hold up, by the way. I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but that show is mad fucking problematic. Yeah. Yeah. This is also why I feel like we need to get rid of all of these old people in Congress. Definitely. Because like the new... The American dream is still alive. It's just changed so dramatically. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have a friend who leaned into eating food in their car and now they're making great money sitting in the car and eating food. Like the American dream is real. Like you can be an entrepreneur here. You can create your own business. It's just different now. And it it's, it's a little more selective and it's a little less populated, but it can happen. I and think that's a good way to think about it because it is like, you know, there are so many people sounding the death knell for America right now. And they're all saying late stage capitalism and crumbling democracy and all so. this kind of stuff. And, you know, we have friends who are entrepreneurs, fucking Wanamaker, our, our friend Jordan. She just launched salad sprinkles. I think she's going to dominate the fucking salad game. Bill Oakley, former guest of the podcast, has completely leaned into his whole yeah. food influencer thing. He just partnered with, uh, I just saw he has a partnership with a beer company now fantastic like you know, there are there are ways to obviously like make your dreams come true and stuff but also it's yeah it's it's incredibly difficult it is but like i mean even to go talk about the writer's strike for one more moment sure like um the old way of sitting in a room and writing in a big group of eight people mm-hmm. is kind of dead and with good reason i think oh because there's too much content. There's too many things to watch. It's a huge gamble. Production is expensive. And you just don't know if it's going to be a hit or not. Mm-hmm. Versus I go on TikTok and I watch a guy chop onions, throw them in a pan, caramelize them and make like a French onion soup. Yeah, but he's just I'm making he- a fucking soup. He's not like saying words to be funny or interesting. Or right. But I'm like- in heaven and I'm enjoying it. And that's right. my new that's my new like con- that's the content I love. And sure. so like in a weird way. It's not that TV is dead. It's just that it's not as important as it used to be. To you. To me. But I think and I think a majority of people like I, I would argue I don't know what I don't I would I would love to have like six 20 year olds on a panel and just say, like, what do you watch? Oh God. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's fucking depressing though, because it's so important to, you know, consume beautiful art in order to be a whole human being. It's so important to, you know, I just actually took uh my brother-in-law Walt to see Oppenheimer. I'd already seen it. And I was like, I need him to see this because this is something that will like enrich his life. I know he's going to enjoy it because it's old and it's about building things, uh, a nuclear bomb, but like, and I also just wanted him to see the artistry of it and to go and sit in that theater for three hours and watch. And I'm not a, you know, big fan of that kind of movie, but it was so incredible. You're anti-nuke. I'm anti-nuke and I'm anti-man. <laughs> oh, no. And that movie was about a lot of men. <laughs> no, it was just so beautifully done. It yeah. was so incredibly like on every level, you know, and um, I was thinking about it and how epic it was and how necessary it is to have that kind of work in the world and for people to see it. And I know a lot of people did see that particular movie, but to see more of that kind of thing, to read more books, to listen to entire albums. I just listened to this entire album of Harry Belafonte singing. And I was like, you know, it's all fucking throwback shit, but like, I don't know. So the, the viewership, the brain, the broken brain of like small form, small bite social media content, I think is problematic it is but i think that that also means that reading i suspect is going to come back in a huge way i think, I think it is. reading is having a resurgence because yes. of broken brainism of yes. like 10 15 30 second stuff it's like i need to obs- i need to be immersed in something and tv is mostly shit and movies are big and beautiful but you know it's a real choice to go sit for three hours in a movie theater mm-hmm. i think and reading it's expensive. and it's expensive i think like reading is having a resurgence in a way that it has that i i haven't seen since um since probably for 25 like, years for like truly yeah <laughs> for like 25 years since i was in like since like high school 
when I was just devouring probably three books a week. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. There's a, a meetup group in Seattle. I can't remember what they're called, but they gather to read together in like public spaces. Like there's a bar, I think, that hosts like you all bring come down and you read your novels together and you sip a cocktail and you don't chit chat. You're all just sitting together reading. I think that's so nice. I would definitely go to that if that existed in L.A. Yeah, especially after dealing with that movie theater dude you had to deal with. Like, oh, I'd much rather read a book than ever interact oh with anyone you interact with <laughs> in <right>. life. <laughs> that. Oh, you got a picture. OK, because I, I, I did want to talk about the overenthusiastic popcorn worker that I had to deal with. Also, at the Regal. So I went to see Oppenheimer at the Regal in Polsbo and it was, I haven't seen a movie in a Regal Cinema in a really fucking long time, but I don't know what the programming is really like before AMC movies. I feel like you don't have to watch a ton of ads, right? It's a lot of trailers, but it's not like crazy amounts of commercials, is it? Uh, it not when I arrive. I'm usually like smoking weed in the bathroom stall yeah. during, like until the <laughs> that trailer was, starts. I, maybe that was part of my problem is that I was like on time, which is early, which, right? Which by the way, sorry, but like I smoked weed uh, before seeing uh, the the Ghost of Venice or whatever the Hercule Poirot movie is mm -hmm. this weekend. And I was smoking weed next to someone smoking weed and we were both in the bathroom stalls giggling. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you do a pass under the stall? I wanted to. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> New friends. New friends. Um, I uh, did not smoke weed and I was on time. And mm. um, that's my own fucking fault because then I was subjected to 1,000 commercials. 1,000. It was, I felt like it was truly like half an hour of fucking commercials. Everything was terrible. There was one commercial for a new show from the um, people who made The Boys. It's a new show called Gen V. I love The Boys. About uh, kids who have superpowers being at an evil boarding school. And it looks fucking cool. There's one girl who has superpowers where her blood comes out of her body and turns into like ropes and tentacles and shit. And there's another uh, person who has a superpower where they just get tiny and then it shows them like crawling around in a person's like brain at one point. Oh, awesome. I'm excited about Ew. Gen V. Can you imagine getting hit with someone's blood? Yeah. It's, in the face? It's it's oh, I'd lose my mind. Gory as fuck in the trailer <laughs> for the show. It looks great. And I love the boys. I it was would so never subversive. want to be a super villain. No. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Fucking nasty. So that was good. But otherwise, I was subjected to one million Type oh no. Ta <laughs> yep. There you go. You want to make your mallow joke now? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> could you see it? I could see it. <laughs> I could see you working. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. So <laughs> 1,000 fucking commercials. But that wasn't the most annoying part of my Regal Cinema experience. The most annoying part was when I came in, there was this person who was manning the cash register who was the ticket taker, ticket seller, and the popcorn concessions person. They were the only person working there, except for the manager who was standing weirdly like seven feet behind them to the right. Ooh, micromanaging by presence. I felt like, yeah, like either they're like on probation or maybe they're new or whatever the fuck it was. But they were crazily like being supervised or surveilled by this creepy manager who was wearing who was masked up. So it was like, I don't know, the whole the I whole vibe was bad about it. Yeah. But then <laughs> this worker was like so overly enthusiastic about the popcorn and upsizing from the medium to the big and whether or not it was going to get. And I was like, listen, this is a job where you just need to be high and you need to be chill and you need to just sell me my fucking popcorn. And then I move on and I go see the movie. I am not interested in this like high octane energy that you're trying to engage me with in order to impress this fucking creepy manager over there. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not having a good time with it. Mm -mm. Please stop talking to me. Just sell me the popcorn. <laughs> And then I felt bad because that makes me a grouch. But no, it you know, doesn't. I was like, oh my God, this is way too much. I mean, it's it, the only way that like that gets positively reinforced is the person who's like, yes, fine, to whatever you're saying, just get yeah, me out of this. Totally. In which case they immediately were like, oh no, this is a good sales tag. Like, this is who I am and it's working. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did. Yeah. Ugh. The, the, the hard sell on the whole situation had me kind of spun. And then, um, I was with Walt and he was like, where are the napkins? And this person was like, well, there's three dispensers and they're all over the counter. You can't miss them. And Walt was like, well, obviously I can. Damn. I was like, fucking cold. We're two stone cold grouches just going to see Oppenheimer. Yeah. Shut up. We're going to go see a movie about men in nuclear war. Yeah. Well, uh, also, I do believe that Walt is at fault in this situation as well. Well, it's just because he's tall. Because no, I, it, because. Um, okay. 
two two parts to this because I, I knew about this story previously. Mm-hmm. One is this overzealous popcorn seller yeah. is driving both of you so mad. Couldn't take it. That then Walt ended up not taking care of himself. Okay. And then you had to carry the snacks situation for both of you, which I think is an unacceptable thing in a three-hour movie. <laughs> I think Walt is at fault. Okay. What do you mean he's at fault? He didn't. He's like, I'll have some of your popcorn. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I was trying to get him his own popcorn, and he made me share, which was crazy. You don't share. Okay, there was. I was like, I'll have a large, and they pulled down the bucket, and then Walt goes, did you see how big the large is? And I was like, yeah, a bucket the size of my head. That's how much <laughs> popcorn I like to eat in a movie. Extra butter, extra salt. Mm-hmm. How do you think I got this way? <laughs> Look at this abundant body. Um, and then he was like, well, I'll just have some of yours. And I was like, I love you so much, but that's crazy. Get your own. Get your own popcorn that you, you then don't eat you know that's fine yeah anyway he forced me to share oh i can't even if i even <laughs> saw a hand creeping towards my tub <laughs> i know i've never absolutely not at all the long many years that i've known you at this point i have never we have never touched each other's popcorn no no <laughs> no, 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 no. no i i i respect a lady who tips the tub in the dark to knock out the kernels at the bottom of the bucket. That would be me. Yeah. Yep. Hell yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have all sorts of popcorn boundaries, man. (laughs) That's a good, yes. (laughs) And he crossed one. Yes. Made me share. I mean, we're family, but come on. No, real family uh, would, would, um, would handle each other separately. Get your own popcorn, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then we went to afterwards, uh, we went to get a burger and a beer at a, a joint, and the uh, bartender there was what I would call an appropriate level of chill. And Walt was like, she has very sleepy eyes. And I was like, she's high as fuck, dude. Like, you don't see that? And he was like, oh, I get it. That's how I want my- I was like, that's how your fucking person that you interact with should be, is just stoned as hell. And they just like get you what you want, and they don't try and talk to you. And then I was like, that's mean too, because I worked as a bartender for years. And- more often than not, I was not stoned because I'm not productive when I'm like, I would if I would get stoned after work for yeah. sure. But like, it's about the unwind for me. Um, but yeah, I certainly worked with a lot. Of, most of the busters were always baked as hell. Of course. You know, it was my my favorite job of all time. Um, I mean, besides the NHL awards and <laughs> Billy on the street and uh, mm-hmm. winning that gold medal, winning that gold medal. Working on that Gordon Ramsay show. That Gordon Ramsay show. Mm, Yeah. Um, My super ego and ego. (laughs) Uh, No, my favorite job was working at Hollywood Video because I got the keys and I got to open. They trusted me. And so I would get ripped out of my mind in my car, unlock Hollywood Video, hang out all day watching movies. People would come in. They'd be like, oh, I forgot. And I was like, I got you on that late fee. Who gives a like, you know what I mean? Just hanging Mm -hmm. out, smoking weed, making friends, moving it along, doing good deeds, eating all the Toll House ice cream sandwiches until one day um, the uh, GM, I can't remember his name. He was born with his feet backwards, I remember. And he Mm -hmm. had to have feet surgery to turn his feet around. I remember that. And he he wore like high platform shoes because of it. Uh, He called me into his office and he's like, Mike, we have to talk. And I was like, why? What's up, dude? And he showed me the security camera and he sped it up. And it's just me walking back and forth from the toll house fridge, just opening and closing (laughs) it, eating all the snacks in a shift. He's like, like, don't do it again. And I was like, I mean, yeah, of course. (laughs) You just made me think of the paranormal movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just you like rocking back and forth in front of the freezer (laughs) and the fucking infrared camera. Yeah. But it's because I was chill, man. I was just like a fun, easy hang. They could trust me. I got it done. Kept it moving. Yeah. There are some jobs where I feel like it is just part of the job description that you are stoned. You're just stoned while you do that. And one of them is popcorn concessions. Yeah. You know? 100%. Although there was, and, then, and then I felt bad because you did uh, remind me of that popcorn concessions person who went viral last year for their incredible popcorn skills. Oh, my absurd. God. And they were so high octane and like so ebullient. He's putting on a hate show. That person. He's putting on a show. That's true. This dude is just like a sniper for bad vibes. Yeah. And that guy was spinning the tub yeah. and adding the butter, making, you know, a real like bar cocktail. It was present. It was great. There was pride. Yeah. This person was just, I think, like incredibly nervous because the manager was staring at them or yeah, I don't even know what it was. I didn't like it. <laughs> and, the, and then that made me feel mean. So when the nuke dropped, were you picturing him? Well, the best part of th- that movie is when the nuke drops, it's just entirely silent for like a minute. Yeah. It's such a beautiful piece of filmmaking. So no, I wasn't thinking about him. Okay. 
I was thinking about Walt touching my fucking popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, um, actually, this is a great place to do our uh, actual mid-roll. Oh, if you listened last week. <laughs> yeah, we, last week we paused for a mid-roll and then realized we didn't have a mid-roll. So we just carried on. Yeah. This week we have a mid-roll. We have a mid-roll. A fantastic mid-roll. From let's, Scent Air. Yeah, let's get to it. You know what one of my favorite things about your house is? What? It always smells so good. Aw, thanks. Yeah, mine is always like, oh, what is that? <laughs> Old chicken mixed with kimchi and arugula? Yum, yum, yum. Weird your cream place? cheese? <laughs> yeah, your place smells so good. I love a swirl of smells, but sometimes one in particular can be overwhelming. You know the one. Yeah, Archie's farts. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty loud, but... So is my stash box. And now I have something that removes lingering odors. Scent Air's new cannabis neutralizer eliminates cannabis odors at the molecular level. Scent Air's patented odor neutralizing technology detects molecules that make stinky smells in the air, bonds with them, and then makes them undetectable. The cannabis neutralizer leaves my space feeling fresh. It has notes of white tea, light fruits, and subtle amber. If you walk into Mary Jane's place, you're going to be like, is that... Subtle amber. So subtle. It's so good, though. It does really <laughs> smell good. So enlightened, too. Plus, scent air diffusers fill your space with fragrance for up to 300 hours, and you control them right from your phone. I love unwinding after a long day with a joint, and setting the cannabis neutralizer when I sash makes my living room smell like a stroll through a citrus grove on a breezy day. It's so relaxing when I come over to chill at your place. Until Archie farts. <laughs> I bad. feel like the cannabis neutralizer helps with that too. It does. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code GRUB for an extra 25% off your first order. That's scentair.com. Use the promo code GRUB for an extra 25% off your first order. That's right. Right, but Archie? Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Sorry about my farts. I'm really glad you used Scentair though. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. And we're back. And we're back. Okay, great. <laughs> but truly, like, it was so cool. Like, as we were coming to record, Scent Air, the package showed up. Yes. So if you're watching, we're using the Scent Air. It smells delicious. It smells absolutely incredible. Super refreshing in here. Yeah. Archie's conked out because his, his vibes are so chill because it smells so good. So if you want to get a Scent Air, honestly, like, if um if if you work a job and you want to get high at your job. Get a Scent Air. Can we say that? I don't know. All right. We just did an ad for them, though. So okay. you can go back and listen to the ad. Yeah, listen to the ad. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is a good spot for our news story, right? Yeah. What's the news this week, Mary the Jane? News. <clears throat> the news this week is reported by SF Gate, and the story was written by Lester Black, who was one of the cannabis media fellows that I was at the UVM program with. Um, great writer, follow everything he writes. And this story is that the California cannabis industry is panicking over a proposed label law. Um, and it's uh, we'll we'll drop a link to the story in the show notes because it's pretty uh, deep dive into it. But basically, there's a bill called AB twelve oh seven that is going to cross Gavin Newsom's desk. That is going to make it um, so that you can't put a bunch of stuff on packaging, including fruit, flowers, people, or animals. And that is going to severely impact a bunch of people who have like founder owned and operated cannabis brands who use their own faces and stories as part of the packaging. Um, and it's, you know, it's really going to affect, especially there are some brands, there's one brand in particular that he talks about that's owned by Amber Center, who has a brand called Land Race Origins, which is a specialty line of cannabis that pairs African coffee with heirloom pot strains. And we saw Amber Center actually at the Oakland Psychedelics Conference. Yeah. She was in the audience, um, during one of the panels and she heads up Supernova Women, which is an advocacy group and she is fucking awesome. And she's found, um... A path by leaning into her individuality, this story says, and she um, uses her marketing strategy around who she is as a woman of color with a cannabis brand. And this would severely impact her being able to use her face on her products. That's so crazy. Or severely impact. It would make it so she fucking can't. So I thought uh, in addition to just like talking about Lester's article, there's a beautiful um, letter. Or Bring your computer over. I'm going to bring my computer over so I can look this way. Thank you. So there's a letter from Janine Coleman who is the executive director of the Origins Council, which we've talked about on here before. That's an advocacy group that does work with small farmers in Mendocino. And she wrote a letter to Gavin Newsom, and I thought I would just read Janine's letter. It says, Dear Governor Newsom, I'm writing to personally implore you to please veto AB 1207. The bill includes a provision that would erase the faces of California cannabis from our own industry, banning imagery of humans from the labels, packaging, advertising, and marketing of cannabis. 
I am a woman and I am a leader entrusted to advocate on behalf of the her heritage. <clears throat> The heritage. There it is. <laughs> oh, the heritage cannabis farming communities of California. I'm an ally to the BIPOC community. I am an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. I believe deeply in the power of the California cannabis social equity movement. These communities standing shoulder to shoulder with our veterans, patients, and all of the advocates of the cannabis compassion movement are our collective legacy. We are the very heart and soul of California cannabis. I am absolutely bereft that this bill has passed the legislature with this language threatening to disappear us. Representation matters, especially for those peoples historically marginalized and oppressed. Our voices, our faces, our stories matter. Please do not take this away from us. Uh, that is a powerful letter. Listen up, Newsom. Yeah. Don't be signing that fucking bill that Fuck just no. passed the legislature. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like, it's just going directly to him to sign. So the chances are... This Pretty is the kind of shit that, that if you want to run for president, Mr. Newsom, it's going to haunt you and it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. Truly. That's... Like, I understand getting rid of, like, things like fruit or anything that could be construed as, like, focusing on children. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, cartoons, well, not, dragons, think... you know what I'm like, or dragons might be, uh, like, cartoon drag. you know what I'm talking about, yeah. like, anime. Like, I don't want to buy weed that has, like... Um, you know, anime on it. Yeah, I think that's like, a bad move. You don't want to be using Care Bears to market to kids. But I, I think that's the great point is that this uh, was designed to combat a lot of the traditional market packaging, you know, those sort of like flashy mar mylar bags that are like bright colors and, you know, fun fonts that are from, you know, people who have designed these for the fucking traditional market, you right. know, it's like to stand out. And they're like really amazing. And like historically and traditionally, those designs are fucking cool but when you're coming into the regulated space you need to be careful it's the same thing with all the brands that have names like girl scout cookies and skittles and you know like you can't be naming things after like you know sweet treats that are going to appeal to right minors right <clears throat> we get that we understand but this is ridiculous yeah this is like you can't use your face on your packaging yeah exactly um so method man i bet can I bet, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet there are people who are going to be allowed to. Like, if this passed. If this passes, they, they won't be. It'll be signed into law in California. In California. And, you know, like brands like Swami Select, for instance. I mean, Swami is like, you know, uh, I don't even know how old the guy is, but he's an elderly guy who's been a farmer for, you know, decades at this point in Northern California. He's beautifully like growing this organic weed and he uses his face to sell it because people know who he is and trust him as part of the cannabis community, the grassroots community, you know, and he wouldn't be able to have his face on his brand. Disappear us is a heck of a way to say it. Yeah. I really like that. Like when we were at the Oakland Psychedelic Conference and we went to the um, Why Ceremony Matters and they were using the word extraction mm -hmm. for people like, um, uh, well, he doesn't have braids anymore, but he used to have braids coming in and extracting um, like culture mm -hmm. and then using you, the white people using it for themselves to like right. sell classes and bullshit like that. Yeah, it's like, like strip mining, right? Yeah, you're like exactly. you're just taking what's going to benefit you and then you're leaving the community with nothing. So yeah, this would be a, a corporate um, move to, yeah, like quash so many of the people who have been historically marginalized, as Janine said, and not able to use their own fucking stories and faces to promote the cannabis that they grow on their land. It's nuts. So, so it's a great news story. Hopefully Let's it doesn't keep get it signed. up to date. Yeah. And um, yeah, can we follow up on that? And if it does or does not get passed, like kind of let the world know. If we remember. Uh, I will. <laughs> I feel like we say this every so often. We'll be like, and we'll get back to that. And then there's like 100 hanging chads of topics. And I know, but like. For, littered throughout the history of weed and grub. <laughs> very rarely does something like this come across Newsom's desk where we can actually follow up. Like sure. most of it is things like um, lobbyists are trying to put oil in your water. And then it's like, ah, and you just don't hear about it after that, mm -hmm. which means it was like a non issue like there was of course there's oil in the water that's the end of it wow do you know what i'm saying okay so there's not much to follow up with for a lot of our hanging chads um <laughs> but for this one there is i would love to go back and like you know if we had transcripts of everything we could just do like a quick quick search of all of the news that we've covered in you know the grubla gazette over however long we've been doing this podcast now yeah one thousand episodes yeah and find out like what we said we would follow up on and what we just haven't but we will follow up on this okay let's okay. do it Cool. You have my word. Okay. That's a promise from Mike. What's this? Oh, God. Okay. This is... <laughs> what is this? We need a segue king coming through. <laughs> You're the one who sent these to me. This... I hadn't looked at this yet. Okay. This is... Uh, I had a crab dinner 
when I was uh, out of town last weekend Yum. when I saw the Kentucky Derby and I went to Oppenheimer. I also had a crab dinner, as is, you know, like you do in Port Townsend. And uh, I was thinking about that meme. I think it's old now, but it popped into my head where it was like everything, everything is crab. Do you remember that? I don't know that meme at all. So a few years ago, it popped up that everything at some point will evolve into a crab. Every like all, all so this is <laughs> the things that we're looking at on screen are memes around this concept that like at some point it it was an idea that was um in evolution <laughs> that, very silly that was like you know crabs started out all all crabs started out as various things and they all took on this shape which is called carcinus carcinization carcinization okay I can't remember exactly what the what the <laughs> word is I know it's carcin something like carcin carcinogenic which means crab the crab i guess part is carcin okay carcinogen carc carcinization i'm gonna say anywho um so crustification crustification cra crabification so the idea is that you know at some point humans will also become crabs and here's Hell a yeah. meme that shows that humans are already in fact crabs because <laughs> <laughs> a no tail they uh have grippy hands rocks. and legs can walk in any direction but not fast and no tail <laughs> So we are, we are crab. We are crab. Mm -hmm. I, yes, I Everything agree. is crab. Everything is crab. Everything will become crab. It's an actual evolutionary uh, theory that exists that has a real name that I can't remember. That's, I heard another one that um we didn't come from the ocean. Okay. Because there's no, um there's no, well, it's like, because there's no uh, le leftover from gill. And okay. so, but they like, are when we like develop cave people like didn't have any gill left, like remnants. Like as the gill disappears, there's no there's no um, proof of the gill disappearing as as time goes on. Therefore, we must have not come from the ocean. There is a fetal stage of development where the fetus does actually have these kind of little feathery gill type things. Now, mm -hmm. in in like an ultrasound, you can see like gills. I think so. Really? So yeah. we are crab. We are gill. I think we are gill and crab and <laughs> wow. all one. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, I have stopped eating crustaceans, so this is good for me. Now, what, tell me about this because I don't understand just it. It started grossing me out, man. What do you mean? Like shrimp just started grossing me out. I don't like the cracking of the carapace to like suckle the meat inside. Like the whole thing just started to feel disgusting to me. So I'm a, and also like lobsters are nice. They didn't do anything. They grow so big. Crabs, I love them. They're cute even though i don't like their little mouths those kind of gross me out i just don't like ripping open something's back and then sucking the juice out of it <laughs> i mean when you put it that way right yeah yeah it's weird and so i don't like it i got I, you i like I, I i i want to kill an animal to eat it i think that is something that is important that i do mm -hmm. um I, I want to kill something and then eat it but Have i you... don't want to but i i don't want to do that with seafood like, I don't want to do that with crabs. You There's, don't want to catch a fish? Uh, I'd love to catch a fish and I'd love to gut it. I'd love to clean it. I can, I can take you fishing. Yeah, I would love to do that. But I, there's just something about like, and I don't know, man, like also there's something Joel was telling me, shout out Joel Hadley, about um, in Judaism, like you don't eat bottom feeders or something like that. Well, those aren't kosher, right? The right. therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know, maybe it's like a part of my DNA all of a sudden that I'm like more Jewish than I thought, you know? And Interesting. It, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. And like shrimp are weird. It's just weird, man. I don't like little buggy things. I totally get it. Yeah. Okay. So You're like ripping open. What did you say? You don't want to rip off something's back and drink its insides? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. Can you imagine if I was a bartender? <laughs> like everyone would be like, oh, dude. This guy needs to go away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. I really just wanted that beer topped off. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Um, oh, man. Right. Speaking of uh, bars, <laughs> I have a quick story before we um, go to our creamed corner. Okay. Okay. Um, so I was doing a show at Bar Lubitsch last Thursday, Friday, last Friday, and the show is from 8 Wait, to 10. Wait, did you just correct yourself on the date of something? Yeah. because You're blowing my mind right now. Because of the... Because Mr. Chronology doesn't matter and why the fuck are you talking about which day it was, which you've yelled at me about on this podcast. That's why I'm calling it out here. I I, I know. Okay. I, I understand. Okay. And I'm I'm growing. I'm changing. I'm listening. Fucking seriously. Yeah. I'm evolving. Snaps. My gills are becoming 
lungs. Okay. Carry on. Friday. Mm-hmm. I did my show at Bar Lubitsch, 8 to 10. And then from like 1030 until the end of the night is club night. And it's just like dancing and partying. And in the past when I've gone there, um, it's been packed. And it's just like wall to wall, sweaty people dancing, dancing to DJ music. And it's really fun. So I was like, oh, nice. Um, so I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just like make a night of being at Bar Lubitsch. So I did the show, had a great set, felt really good. And then walked back to my place, dropped off my like recording equipment. And I remembered that I had a little microdose of Molly from something that we were at previously that I'm not going to name. And so I was like, oh man, just like a little twinkle of Molly. I'm going to like put on a hoodie and I'm just going to like dance alone in this sweaty club, it's gonna be perfect. And it'll kick in on the walk back. Like I had this whole plan. So I do it, I pop it, I throw on my hoodie. I walk back to Bar Lubitsch, I go in and it is dead. It is so dead. And so now I'm like, well, it's only, you know, it's only 1030. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll just like have a, I'll have a dirty martini. Um, you know, maybe we'll go walk around the block, get some exercise, come back dead it's like 11 30 so now i'm like mollied out <laughs> there's like groups of two and three on the dance floor all kind of chatting and having a nice time <laughs> and so it's just me in a hood sweaty <laughs> looking around trying to dance but instead it's just not the vibe man <laughs> like dancing never... <laughs> up next to like some couple on a date yeah they're like uh excuse us <laughs> What are you doing? You're like, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can just picture it. Because I've seen you when you're like that, and it's such a good time, really, if you're it's feeling fun. that vibe. I'm personable, yeah. You're absolutely. Chatting with folks. The oh. greatest. It's the greatest time, Mike. I would give anything to have that time with you. <laughs> but uh, Fuck, it fucking was wow. so funny. And so then it's like one <laughs> thirty. You know, the club was not popping. And now I'm just like, and so I just like walked back home and just stayed up, <laughs> just stayed up on Molly. In Watching my people slap each other. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck, man. It was so funny. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, great. <laughs> I love it. Microdosing is just so good for your soul. It is. Um, it is. I hope you had a nice time. Oh, it was fantastic. Just in the moment, I was like, ooh, wrong vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't think about going anywhere else? It hadn't occurred to me. Now right. that you say it, sure. I mean, really, where are you going to relocate to? Because like, that's the fucking problem with LA. If that was the case in New York, if that was the case in New York, you could just like, you know, walk out the front door, go two buildings over and there's another whole fucking club happening. But this town is just so spread out like you have to get in a car or an uber to go anywhere yeah and i also didn't want to pull out my phone and start like looking at events and what else is open now like like texting people hey you up you up dog (laughs) i'm on molly yeah (laughs) you're gonna be like uh okay mike yeah right Uh uh-huh and i don't need those receipts in my life either definitely feel you on that yeah yeah so i just had to share that story (laughs) it's very funny fantastic well is it time for our uh creamed corner it is this is something you felt very passionate about listen it's fall and everybody knows what that means it is pumpkin spice latte season and i fucking object as a white woman who loves fall i need more options in drinks and in life yes i don't like it i hate the whole fucking you know cliche the memes the fucking you know fall sweaters with the scarf sipping on the pumpkin spice latte no it's not me. I don't like I don't like overenthusiastic popcorn stand workers and I do not like pumpkin spice lattes. I have tried them. No. They're gross. I it's ugh, they're so sweet and overly like I'm sure there's a really delicious one that someone is, you know, can write in about and Shut say up. like they make it themselves and it's all, you know, yada 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 yada. yada. But this version that Starbucks has unleashed on us like a fucking plague that is celebrating its 20th anniversary now. And it's in everything from, you know, we all know it's everywhere. I just went to Trader Joe's and I bought um, pumpkin spice chips, pumpkin spice crackers. um, And then I was thinking about buying those pine cones and a broomstick. Okay. Uh, I was trying to like lean into fall and I- Uh, all of it's disgusting. Have you ever seen that TikTok where there's the girl who goes, have you ever tried pine cone jam? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> there's the, have you ever tried soy sauce nickels? It's very funny. Um, what are, what are, well, what does fall mean to you? Let's create something. Okay. If you are anti-pumpkin spice latte, yes. um, I love the crunchy leaves. I love yes. the death. 
but you <laughs> sure like we could do some memento mori <laughs> themed drinks yeah you know death flavored whatever yeah but i i want like a sweet treat version of something that is not going to offend my sensibilities as a white woman who loves fall what that okay. is celebrating the upcoming holidays that is you know feels a little festive it's nice to sip on when it's cold i can cup my hands around it walking through the farmer's market like you know, apple cider, baby. Apple cider. I don't like apple cider. Though. Oh, and I want it to be a creamy treat. Yes, yes, yes. A creamy treat, like glue wine. What's that? I've never heard it. of that. Glue. I think it's glue wine. Um, is a, it's like a mold wine, a spiced mold wine that when you go to a holiday market in Germany, you can cup your hands around that. It's got a little cinnamon stick in it. It's you know, it's like a hot cup of alcohol. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> it is delicious. Mark has a great one. Hey. Gingerbread Let's, flavor. Gingerbread is del- awful for houses. Yes. Great for sipping. <laughs> you don't want to build your house out of gingerbread? Well, I just like, it's so gross. Like, if 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 we're going to get rid of pumpkin spice latte, let's also get rid of gingerbread houses. Because oh. they, like that, that pasty glue that sticks it all together is so disgusting. But I don't feel assaulted by gingerbread houses like I do by a pumpkin spice latte. Like, as yeah. a white woman yeah, that's who true. loves fall. It's like I'm supposed to have one of these fucking things in my hand all the time now that the cold weather has arrived. I don't feel like anyone's trying to like stick a gingerbread house into my, right. you know what I mean? Well, how would you feel about a gingerbread drink? Like a hot or a... A creamy treat? Yeah. I don't know. I think with the ginger, because ginger for me is such like a healthy... Tasty, like I love a golden latte. I mean, I guess if I could afford golden lattes, that's what right, I would. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about right. like big box store, yeah, like shoving creamy treat. down, creamy treats. Yeah, damn, I don't know what else is fallish. I it's pumpkin spice is it? I'm sorry. They've done such a good job I'm of sorry, convincing but it's us truly that that's the case, the but it's only not flavor I can think of. Sticky toffee pudding. Yum. Come Fucking on, yum. that is my, I make one every Christmas. I, you know, live Ooh. on it for like a week. Yeah. You know? Sticky maple. Maple. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't say that. I'm Canadian. Well, it's right behind oh, me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> chai. I just saw the word chai. Yeah, chai is, you know, okay. all year round though but for me. I honestly, sticky toffee pudding could be the new pumpkin spice latte. I think we should that try to make it. great. It's fucking great because it's made with dates. So it's like healthy. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Full of like the the sugariness and then you pour condensed milk all over it and it's... Mm. Sticky yeah. toffee pudding. Yeah. A sticky toffee pudding. That's... Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to go with would be my replacement for the PSL. I love that. So That does scream fall to me. I think you right? nailed it. Yeah. Truly. I mean, I suppose you could try and make something creamy with. Well, what else is what? Are, what are the other fall fruits? Apples. Yeah. I don't know. Blueberries, They've had their time. kind of, or fall fruits lame a little bit. Fruits so lame. Fruit is pretty lame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty lame. What What else makes you think of cold weather? What do you What else do you go with? Like, um, are there any rum? Meat, meats? Meat. I don't want to drink meat. <laughs> Um, like a delicious, you know, pork crackling latte. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I saw a little crackling sticking out of a, I would uh, try out of a drink that would, I would try pretty good. A pork crackling latte. <laughs> yeah. I'm not opposed. You know, a little dusting of rock salt on there. Mm. <laughs> a little roast goose latte. Yo. I listen. I mean, I, well, so, um, bone broth. Yeah. Right. Is like, I'm about it. Is supposed to be super healthy. So if I could go to Starbucks and get a bone broth with a pork crackling top. Latte? Latte. <laughs> that would be incredible. Are you listening, Starbucks execs? <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Please. And they are not getting hold of us. <laughs> they are not reaching out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it in uh, development. A bone broth latte? Yeah. I mean, they are doing crazy shit in all of the like processed food world now where they're doing chips I mean, I'm walking into just my regular convenience store. I don't even need to go to specialty stores to find insane chip flavors nowadays. True. So, like, let's fucking revitalize the latte space and get rid of this absolute fucking nonsense. Preach. Yep. Buzz of the week? Yes. Let's do buzz of the week. Okay. Get out of here. Okay. All right. Damn. I'm so glad we figured that out. Me too. That feels really good. We came up with two drinks. (laughs) Not bad. Who's your butt of the week? My my butt of the week this week is Papa Zaniel. Homie, thanks to Joel Hadley. Um, Sorry, the Hollywood Improv is calling me before. And I should answer it on on pod. pod? No, I don't want to answer it on pod. (laughs) I bet they're saying something like, hey, can 
uh, Craig Robinson do your show or something? Hang on. Dave Chappelle's coming through. He wants to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> then I'm smoking too. Um, okay. Uh, so Papa Zaniel, he's about to release his first album, which is really awesome. He's a great, great, great musician. He's actually having an album listening sesh uh, next week that I'm going to go to chop it up. I, I thought it'd be real funny because you know how like my dream is to go to like... um like hang in the recording studio while somebody like Travis Scott is like making an album. And so I think it'd be real funny because I'm so bad at joint rolling. If I'm just sitting in the corner the whole time rolling like poorly rolled joints for everybody, <laughs> I think like that'd be a fun bit. And so I'm going to do you that. Have to like start over every so often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oops, oops, oops. Damn it. <laughs> I'm licking my fingers. Get a future roll in here. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, Papa Zaniel, uh, his album is dropping soon. Follow him at Papa Zaniel. And uh, just a great dude. And shout out to Joel for linking us. Um, I'm a big fan of his music and uh, he's a kind guy. Nice. Yeah. So that's my boat of the week. That's fucking awesome. I was going to I'm surprised you didn't say J. Cole's studio because you showed me that crazy, amazing yeah. documentary about how he like brings young artists up and like has that incredible whole yeah. situation. Uh, if you want to check out the Dreamville doc, it's uh, I think it's only like 45 minutes long, but it is like. Man, it is fantastic. The way he brings people together and then gives them the power to just create, it's second to none. Fucking cool. Yeah. Um, my butt of the week is Sliz Tunes, who designed our DIY baked potato bar art and is going to be doing tattoos at the uh, show on Thursday. And we met Sliz Savannah at the um, Moxie event that we went to in April. Courtney like introduced us to a whole bunch of her fucking cool friends and Savannah's so cool she makes great art she's a great follow on ig at sliz tunes and um i don't even know what this one was that you pulled this is well, one i was of her trying to find from... a picture of her but i thought better to showcase her art because it's so good and <laughs> i read this one really made me laugh it's so great it's like a just like a schematic like an anatomical representation of herself but it points to like all of her bruises and scars as well as everything that's in her tummy and her head including useless facts <laughs> And racing thoughts. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> oh, and then in her heart is all of her family and hot yoga and sunshine and music. That's fucking cool. She's just a beautiful, beautiful human. I'm looking forward to connecting with her again at the event. Yeah. Sweet. Good times. Good times. Uh, this has been an interesting up. Yeah. I love being back with you, Mike. I'm so glad we took a break and I'm so glad we're back in the studio with producer Mark here at Petty Cash Studios. And thank you to everyone for riding with us and continuing to hang with us. And as we come back and ramp up for live shows and awards shows and cool stuff coming. Yeah. Uh, follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. WG at Weed and Grub is our email at Mike and Mary Jane on TikTok. Talk. Follow at Glazer Boohoohoo on Instagram. Also follow uh, Glazer Jokes on TikTok. You're blown up. I'm. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm learning that trolling is a good thing. Oh my god! Right. It's the mayo Harmless for me. Trolling. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I love making people mad. Yeah. Mallard Shannon. Who is that? Molly Shannon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>